0: The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become?
1: Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2.
0: Play it now with Game Pass. It's hard to see a type of girl like me. Truly Hello and welcome, Mariner's family prospect people to the first episode of our new uh, minor leagues and prospects focused podcast they might be mariners Uh, i am your co-host john trupin deputy managing editor at lookout landing and i am joined by managing editor the one the only kate pruser kate how are you uh, on on this fine day, you excited to talk some some fringy prospects and, and some maybe not so fringy prospects.
1: When am I not excited to talk fringy prospects?
0: That's 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 what I one of the many things I love about you. Um, it is uh, it, it's something that we've been really looking forward to and, and really turning up the heat on at Lookout Landing is our prospect coverage, uh, especially in the past year or two, um, the Mariners you know, for several years there were not all that exciting in the, in the minor leagues and in the prospect department, um, sort of adrift and, uh, you know, continually dealing from their farm to try and keep the keep the big league club going. But now, especially with a, a farm system that is pretty, I wouldn't say, I literally wouldn't say uh, universally a top 10 uh, farm system. Thanks, as, Keith Law. <laughs> but uh, one, one of the better farm systems in, in the league, uh, we wanted to take a little more time to focus on that. So we will, we will be coming at you guys uh, with prospect-focused uh, podcasts here. It'll also help sort of clear our main podcast up for uh, focusing on the big league club, focusing on, on various other things that Matthew Robertson, uh, fellow staff writer, is doing wonderful stuff with um you'll also and, get and plenty and pro- of
1: and di- slightly disinterested in yes, prospects exactly <laughs>
0: this is this is partially for kate and i to have more yep. some more fun and partially to you know let let matthew not take sort of cat naps during the <laughs> podcast essentially um so th- you'll, you'll see this in the main lookout landing podcast feed but we're going to uh be breaking these up and uh this will have no impact essentially on the the main lookout landing podcast this is just an additional thing uh so please please do uh hop on and 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 tell us what you think and and we'll we'll be coming for prospect questions we'll have interviews uh we'll have all sorts of stuff Uh, but today we're starting uh with our lookout landing site prospect rankings where where better to start um, uh, we've been going on the site, starting with uh, the the 50 top prospects in the system. Um, there are actually 50 players or so who have a reasonable shot of making the big leagues at, at varying degrees, which is not necessarily the case.
1: It was and very, very different to put together this list last year and try to stretch it to 50, and it was... A lot more uh, sort of, well, I guess I guess let's include that. And those guys this year are outside of our top 50s, so that's definitely a statement of how far the system's come in just a
0: year. Absolutely. It's been a lot of fun and, and actually a worthwhile debate as opposed to, does this person count? It's, it's does this become...
1: person have a pulse?
0: Yeah, you know, a
1: pulse of a Have they put on, buttoned exactly. up a Mariner's jersey at some point?
0: Exactly. So, so. Kate, you and I, together with uh, fellow staff uh, sort of prospect analyst, uh, Joe Doyle, uh, we've, been, we've been doing a lot of the work on this prospect ranking. Um, so I, I wanted to start just, just from the back. Um, I, we, we have been putting the articles out in packs of five, uh, and you can, you can read those all on the site, but we wanted to go a little more in-depth, uh, more than just the paragraphs for some of these guys. Because uh, some of them, if you've been following the system, you may be reasonably familiar with. Uh, some of them, maybe not. And uh, so, I our first sort of back five, uh, starting at number fifty, we had first baseman Nick Zamorelli, outfielder Keegan McGovern, uh, right-handed pitcher Christian Cardozo, outfielder Arturo Guerrero, and catcher Carter Bins. Um, and so that's that's sort of a, a real mix of. Uh, it's a
1: lot of diversity. <laughs> it, it is.
0: I mean, and that that's sort of. The, the type of players that, that you'll get at the back of this group, but um, is there one guy? If you had to sort of pick one guy from that first group of who you think you know has the best chance at being an impact big leaguer, you know who who stands out to you as like a favorite for you, uh, just just from that back group.
1: Uh, I mean, it it's tricky with this group because this is sort of the. Th- the line is the thinnest between these guys and a lot of the guys who didn't quite make the list. And I would say um, on that list, on the people who didn't make the list, definitely looking at the um, a group I titled "Still Having Nightmares About Their College Finals." These are guys who were just drafted last <laughs> year but don't maybe have the the prospect shine of say like an Isaiah Campbell or a George Kirby. Um, we left Tim Elliott off the list, and he is kind of cropping up as a favorite. He's a hot name in prospect circles right now. Baseball America really likes him. MLB Pipeline put him in their top 30 um, towards the back end, but still. Um, So, I mean, I would say that there's definitely a path forward to him being a big leaguer, whereas I think it's more difficult with someone like uh I'm going to go with Christian Cardozo who is probably the highest upside name on this list. Um mm-hmm. and the one I'm most excited about he and the is... one we've
0: also literally never seen, right? Yeah, like we've never so, seen you know a human. I think I've seen maybe one video of Yeah. You, right?
1: This is me getting my Keith Law on a little bit as Keith Law <laughs> is like pretty pretty convinced that Jason Dominguez is already a superstar. Uh he has not seen a professional pitch. Um, I'm maybe guilty of the same thought process with Cardozo, who doesn't have Dominguez's pure physical imposition, let's put it that way, he's 6'1", he's like 180, Um, but I think he's got a really good frame, he can add a lot of muscle, he's on the pro training regimen. He was a little baby-faced and a little soft when they got him, and you can already see that he's starting to get more muscular, more cut. Um, They really emphasize healthy eating at the DSL Academy. They just took a bunch of the prospects, actually, down to Santo Domingo, the capital, and they had a healthy cooking class together with, um, like, a professional chef. So it was pretty pretty cute. That was a fun day on Instagram to follow. Um, But, yeah, I think Cardozo has a nice frame. He's really smart. Um, I've corresponded with him a little bit in English and Spanish, um, really solid, just kind of educational base, very thoughtful about what he's doing. He wears 34 um, because his idol is Felix Hernandez. He has a change-up that he studied off Felix. Um, you know, that's I think a, there's
0: that's very interesting. Uh,
1: it's pretty, it's pretty fun. Um, obviously, not Felix's velocity or the the superstar shine that he had, but you mm. know, there are definitely worse models. If you are a kid from Venezuela with a change up, they're yeah. <laughs> worse things to look at than Felix. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 high on Cardozo, who we scooped out of the Dodgers. To the Dodgers ran out of money to sign him, so
0: <laughs>
1: uh, we uh. got him instead, which I think is. I think very highly of Los Angeles's uh, ability to draft, scout, and develop. So mm-hmm. the fact that they liked him, maybe this is unfair, but it it does kind of increase his shine a little to me.
0: Absolutely, I, I think that makes sense. I, I think you you also sort of highlighted one of the interesting things of putting together a list like this, where you know we we have actual hands on video of. You know, or, or like we've been in person to see some of these people we've seen video of some of the others and some of it like obviously we're we're leaning on you know experts throughout the game but it it even extends to you know your internet your immense skill as an internet sleuth right yes I mean. my my
1: instagram is is pop this is a huge huge place where i scout from
0: it's a, it, it, and it, I mean, it's kind of has to be, right? I, I was thinking about this a bit earlier just of how sort of less mysticized I think a lot of international scouting uh, for, for fans and for uh, people in the United States must be now compared to, you know, 10 or 20 years ago where it was like you wouldn't necessarily know any of the players that, that your team had signed uh, internationally. Uh, to now, like, July 2 is a massive day, and it's a big deal, and you get these lengthy lists of guys, and you have people like Jesson Dominguez, who are, you know, called the Martian, and people expect, like, oh, you're going to be this wonder... I mean, it, it really is sort of fascinating. You can see the entire progression of these players, um you know, from, from a very young age, uh, even in, in in the case of like guys like Cardozo.
1: One thing I've been grateful about with social media too is, um, whereas I think the Dominican academies were really held in secret for a long time. And there was a lot of questioning and worrying about whether or not they were good academies, whether or not they were healthful places for prospects to be, um, Mm -hmm. the dawn of social media and the fact that like, they can take pictures of these academies and put them on their Instagram. Like, I have seen into the Mariners Academy through these players posting stuff. And you know, it's nice to see, like, they have nice beds, they have ample space, they have beautiful fields, they have good food, like, they have classrooms with materials. I I would like to see a little bit more in the way of the learning materials. What I have seen has Mm. not impressed me that much Mm. so far um but yeah it's been a great way to kind of lift that curtain that for a long time separated folks in the u.s from folks in the dr and obviously scouts like ben badler for baseball america being on the ground there and um not being associated with any one team but being able to put out that content to everyone so that's a great follow on instagram if you do not um and honestly if you're into prospects and you hate instagram like suck it up and just (laughs) because there's so much good info out there that you cannot get elsewhere
0: absolutely um let's let's go on to our to our next sort of pod here uh we got uh left-handed pitcher this is our uh 46 through 41 uh, or 45 through 41 rather uh anthony mishevitz left-handed pitcher right-handed pitcher mike limoncelli left-handed pitcher Brian perez uh infielder jose caballero and infielder, uh, Juan Kerakuto. Um, this is sort of, uh, an un, in, in this group in, in, in itself does not necessarily, uh, there's no necessarily major issues, but I am a little bit, I suppose wary when I see guys like Caballero and Kerakuto who are, Probably two of the more notable middle infield prospects in the system. Um, they're obviously at the big league level, there's a ton of guys just bunched together who kind of get, have the utility tag on them. You know, you've got Tim Lopes, you've got Dylan Moore, you've got Donnie Walden, uh, you've got Shedlong to some degree. Um, you know, it, it, there's a glut of those guys, but a lot of the none of those guys necessarily have major expectations on them outside of uh, shed. There's a lot of concern, I think, at least for me, that the middle infielders yeah. at the big league level have to be the guys um, because there's just not much impact coming behind them, and that, and the talk Caballero of switching and uh, are here. You know that these are right. some of the next, the next wave, as it as it were. Um, you know that that concerns me a bit, even even though there are interesting things about both guys.
1: I want to point out too that the talk about switching Noelvi Marte to third base has gotten louder, um, and not just from people outside of the system, but within it as well. And so that also is concerning to me because.
0: So, so what? What? Because. I, I know a little bit about this, but but tell me sort of what the thought process is there. What what about Noel V. Marte's profile? I guess what what about him as a player makes people think? Oh, this guy might not stick at shortstop; might be a better fit for third base. I know there was a push even for center field for him, but right. I, I think that's quieted a bit. But what 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 would make him a, a likelier fit at third?
1: Uh, I think sure. a lot of it was his size, right? Just that he's. Mm-hmm. Um, on the bigger side for a mm-hmm. shortstop. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, really, it was, I think, amplified after his first pro season when he did make a lot of errors at shortstop mm-hmm. like, a mm-hmm. lot. Like, mm-hmm. we can hand wave away errors because they're a very imprecise stat, obviously. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the scoring looks like, or in the Dominican Republic, even.
0: Or the field quality. Yeah,
1: like so there's there are lots of, but even given all those factors, it was a lot of errors.
0: Well, and uh, it's also like, it was a thing we were hearing from scouts and people who were actually watching the games, as opposed to just, like, look at the box score yeah. and say, oh, I don't know about that. It's like, well, these were happening because the footwork was sloppy, or, right. you know, this and that.
1: And I mean there is there is a possibility, right? Like he's only been in the in the DSL. He hasn't maybe had the chance to be exposed to some of that higher level coaching. His mm-hmm. English is honestly like not at the level to where we can sit him down with Perry Hill and have mm-hmm. Perry Hill give him give wave his magic wand as he did kind of with JP Crawford. So mm-hmm. I still hold out hope, but um I agree yeah, with and you. He, and
0: he's you know, he's Reasonably fresh, I and mean, he's going to play right, this entire sure. season as an 18-year-old. So it's it's not like oh he's a he's a done deal.
1: Yeah, so. on my list of concerns about the Mariners' prospects <laughs> de- slash development over the next couple of years, I admit that Noelvi Marte maybe being a third baseman is pretty low on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it. much bigger is the concern about the middle infield and the fact that things are sounding like they're going to go college arm this year in the draft again early on Mm -hmm. which is upsetting to me because (laughs) they did a lot of that last year maybe they're just throwing everyone off the scent who knows but uh man i am concerned about the the depth of middle infield and karakuto had a terrible year last year he was hurt it wasn't totally his fault but that was a guy who was like within the top 10 for a lot of years for the mariners and has just really fallen off so and, he and needs to have a big bounce fair, back here
0: yeah to be fair to him like he wouldn't have been in the top 10 for a system that had anything sure deeper. yeah but you're you know you're absolutely right i mean he's he's essentially a, a shortstop kind of in the uh zach cozart ish mold of he's not exactly super fast he's not exactly all that strong he's got a really good arm and he's just very
1: he's got nice footwork
0: yeah so you know so makes makes all the plays nicely but graceful does he yeah and but but is there enough there to sort of fill everything else out does he hit enough does he you know is he healthy enough um so that's that's a challenge there um and uh, yeah, I, I I do think on the one hand you can always trade for you know you need to fill your needs. You know if they if the Mariners feel like okay we've got a bunch of relievers or you know good good arms that we can move to a team that's in need, we can maybe get back a middle infield prospect. That's you know that's that's how you fill up those sort of holes. That's how but,
1: you get JP Crawford.
0: Yeah, that is, I mean, exactly, but it's also, you know, it it is concerning right now to see the gap between the current, you know, the current solution and the backup plan, as it were. Um, Okay, so moving on to the uh, 40 to 36 group, we've got catcher Jake Anchia, outfielder Luis Liberato, uh, left-handed pitcher Ray Kerr. Outfielder Eric Falia and right-handed pitcher Penn Murphy. Uh, this is sort of a, a grab bag of, <laughs> of site favorites, isn't it? It is. In, it is. In,
1: it's a lot of, lot of favorites.
0: Yeah. We, you know, this is actually really a representation. This is a group of guys who all have been in the organization for several years. Um, Anchia was 2018 draft or 2017 draft? 2018. Um, okay. So he's, he's sort of the newest. Um, uh, a rival, but it, but it's a, uh, Penn a Murphy was also
1: 2018. I guess.
0: Yes. But they're, they're both sort of, uh, slightly older prospects who, um, have a lot of, uh, who, who have some of the tools or, or who haven't necessarily gotten a ton of prospect um, attention, but, but have some of the sort of core components that could make them big leaguers. Um, but but miss you know, need one one more thing.
1: I would agree um, with that with Kerr as well. Even mm-hmm. though he is uh, he was just signed as an undrafted free agent in mm-hmm. towards the very end of 2017. So I mean really mm-hmm. you could say that he's only had 2018 in the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but because he was an undrafted free agent, he was working at a movie theater at the time the Mariners signed him. Uh, He is, he is 25 or will play 2020 in his age 25 season. So Mm. he, he and Murphy are both kind of on the older end and obviously Falea.
0: Yeah. Well, and so Murphy and Kerr were two guys who were in the Arizona fall league, um, for the Mariners. We saw them, uh, both of us in person, uh, while we were down there. Um, and really, I think we're, we're, Non prospects whatsoever, right? Uh, a year ago, and maybe even halfway through last year. Uh, we, I think we've joked about this potentially on the Lookout Landing podcast, but when we saw Penn Murphy for the first time in 2019, it was opening day of the Tacoma Rainier season, and we were groaning because this guy coming in throwing 88. Uh, was filling in up from the you know up from the everett roster or whatever and he was having a bit of a challenge but but got out of it and added velocity added you know some bite to his breaking ball and had really I mean took off uh, and Kerr moved to the bullpen sort of t- some tweaks to his mechanics and gained was, a bunch of
1: weight was, a bunch of gained, strength I
0: mean was I don't, I don't know that he hit triple digits. He may yes, hit triple he did. Digits. He did yes. hit triple because yeah. that was his
1: whole goal this whole year. Yeah. It was, he wanted That's to get to the, hun- can you w-
0: imagine having the goal of like, okay, my reasonable goal is to throw a baseball hundred miles per hour this year. Like, ah, I, that is extraordinary to me. Um, but you know, so, so who, the, you know, this group, Liberato really great defender has had a lot of struggles staying healthy and making enough contact. Jake Anchia, similar sort of skill set from behind the plate, fabulous defense, lots of strength, lots of contact struggles. Falia, well-documented story, lots of uh, sort of setbacks and a late start to his career, but has hit at every level. Who of this group do you think has the best shot of ultimately like making it, making it to the bigs and, and sticking for a bit?
1: I mean, it's cheap to say a reliever, right, because it's so much easier for them. But, mm-hmm. I mean, Kerr I mean, touching... I think this is
0: a group, right? This is a group of people who, like, you have the potential, like, defensive specialist catcher. You have the potential, right. like, defensive, you know, ace outfielder. Like, you've got the bench bat, and you've got a couple potential relievers there.
1: Yeah, so, I, that... I I, mean, and the easy answer, I think, is Kerr, Murphy. Murphy has really impressed me. I'm very yeah. curious to see how his stuff plays at AA. Same with Kerr. Um,
0: but I've gotten a little bit of Murphy in spring training, I think, and and he's looked pretty solid. He
1: just, I think it's just the one inning so far, but Mm -hmm. I mean, he did, he struck out a big leaguer. I'm trying to remember who it was. I will find that out. No, I won't. I'm not going to waste time doing that. But anyway, he struck out a big (laughs) leaguer. It's good. Um, I would say that the one I hold the most hope for is Anchia. I don't know if his contact issues can be solved. Hmm. Um, I think that he got a raw deal as far as being promoted too aggressively. Um, yeah. he, he, he got was promoted
0: where his glove belonged, but not necessarily. Not the bat,
1: bat, no. And that was just brutal because, I mean, he was really trying to put it together at West Virginia against a very difficult Sally League, to be honest. I don't even know how much of a jump it was going to Modesto and facing those pitchers um, <laughs> because... The pitching in the Sally League was so good this year between the Orioles affiliate, um, which had, you know, Grayson Rodriguez and some other, like, really top shelf oh, yeah. arms. Um, the Texas affiliate had uh, Hans Kraus, maybe? Uh, they yeah. had some really tough ones. I think, were they, are the Giants in there? No, the Giants are Cal League. Um, anyway, the, he, he faced some, it was not a picnic. It was not a picnic no. to be batting in the Sally League this year. Being promoted very quickly to a high A to fill in for Cal Raleigh when he went to Arkansas it was was tough on him developmentally. I'm hoping for a better 2020 for him, because I really... the He can just throw out the world from behind the plate. It's really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. You do not run on Jake and Chia, so that, and then he just... He can hit these... When he does get into one, the ball goes so far.
0: I believe the 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 sort of fun pull pull fact on him, right, was that he he broke JD Martinez's uh home run record at Nova Southeastern. Yes. Yeah, which, you know, that it's not everything, but that's that's pretty That's good a company.
1: that's a thing. That's a that's uh, definitely a thing. Yeah. And obviously believe, he yeah. had that epic bat flip when he walked it off that yeah. um, got picked up sort of nationally, yeah. so I mean, he's a fun, he is a fun player, and he's a great guy, and I just, I really am crossing my fingers for the best for him.
0: No, I mean, I think you, you look at him and you see, okay, Tom Murphy was a guy in the minors who was hitting the crap out of the ball and also striking out a lot. Can Ancia grow into that sort of level of right consistency? And well, I don't know that we can call Tom Murphy consistent yet. It's been one very good year, but... Um, you know, if, if he can be something like that, you know, he's got the defense to, to hang. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become?
1: Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2.
0: Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Um, all right. Well, let's let's move to our 35 to 31 group here. Uh, we've got infielder Bobby Honeyman, uh, right-handed pitcher Damon Cassetta Stubbs, right-handed pitcher Jose Corniel, outfielder Dom Thompson-Williams, and outfielder George Felice. Um. So we've got uh, people. People very much coming from different directions on this. Uh, you know, Honeyman. I don't think necessarily had a lot of prospect buzz. I'm zero. Not sure st- yeah, yeah zero. I, would, I would say it's it's still uh, you know a bit a bit dormant even now on him. But I know you you've seen him play a lot um, and have have seen him make adjustments and improvements. Um, we have sort of in the in the unfortunately in the opposite direction Dom Thompson Williams, who was a reasonably well-regarded prospect, one of the guys in the yeah. uh, James Paxton trade.
1: He's kind he, of on this list at this position as a courtesy, honestly, this year because he had a to as a nod to what he's done in the past, but he had a very poor 2019, and will miss all of 2020 with an injury. So
0: yeah, Yitz. he uh, has a torn. Achilles, Uh, Achilles, I believe it is. Yeah, Um, you know, and and it's a real shame, especially because um, by the time he's back, he'll next be playing games. He'll be twenty six and having to repeat double A. Uh, You know that doesn't mean he can't make it, but you know it makes things tighter. Makes things tighter, and um, so we, we, you still want to see best from him but but especially in a in a in an organization with a crowded outfield it, it, there's not as many opportunities for him um but tell me tell me a little bit more about bobby honeyman because i think he you know he was a guy who you know he really fits the profile of yeah we maybe maybe this is just a guy brought in to fill out the roster um oh you're you're, you're performing a little better than expected you know what what what's the what's the dish on honeyman and and why we think that there's there's more than sort of just the, the filler filler role for him. Sure. So
1: Honeyman is a senior sign, uh, which mm-hmm. automatically I think when you're a senior sign, you are yeah. essentially viewed as a non prospect coming in places. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mariners have gone after senior signs. I don't know as a way to like save money in the draft or like they're looking for some upside there. But obviously these are guys mm-hmm. who already have sort of capped ceilings. Um, Honeyman is a extremely capable slash plus defensive third baseman, which is what makes him stand out in a system that doesn't have any of those. Um, mm-hmm. But what I really like about him is his contact, and you know I love a contact hitter. I, I love somebody who gets yes. up there and has a long at bat and doesn't strike out and makes pitchers mm-hmm. work. And, you know, uh, Honeyman hasn't really shown the power yet. it's doubles power mostly, um, mm-hmm. but he got better as he went on in West Virginia this year, I was really surprised that he wasn't promoted to high A. Uh, they had a little bit of a log jam there, though, with Caballero coming in, and uh, Joe Rizzo was still there, obviously. They Just were versus, uh, putting yeah. Connor Kopack all over the place, so it, it was crowded at West Virginia, and obviously they were not messing with Arkansas at all. Like, they did kind of their final round of promotions, and that was it, so even though I think Rizzo could have potentially been someone to be promoted. Um, But anyway, so I think Honeyman was kind of like held back a little artificially this year. Um, He really came on strong. He hit like 10 doubles in the month of June, I think. So if we're looking for like a sleeper breakout prospect, I think Honeyman's ceiling is still kind of a utility guy, except he can't play shortstop. Um, But he could. I think there's a possibility he could do some fun things and get some shine on his name that has been snatched away by Austin Shinton, who was a 2019 <laughs> draftee and came into the system and made a lot of noise immediately.
0: Yeah, you know, I the the second half sort of upturn for for Honeyman. I I, I almost wonder like he he gives me a little bit of like a Joe DiCarlo. Uh, you know read not not quite in the in the offensive profile but just in the sense of like that's rough because joe
1: DiCarlo is not in baseball anymore
0: well yes but he got hurt <laughs> he, he was like good all the way up and then had a really rough start and i believe he got hurt and and now but like but DiCarlo also just continued to perform and kept moving up despite expectations and, and for honeyman i think that's a big feature here is like you know he Avoided avoid strikeouts. He got gets on base reasonably, consistently, and if he is, if you're able to do that, essentially, if you have the contact ability, like baseball right now is extremely, extremely well suited to guys who have the ability to make a lot of contact and get the ball in the air and like Honeyman had like it was like a 25 percent line drive rate like he wasn't hitting grounders like he was you know he was hitting the ball the right you know the way that you want to hit the baseball in the modern game and he just wasn't necessarily beefy enough to turn those into uh you know into homers right is the the doubles power and that that is something that at least plausibly can change for a guy. So if you're if you're defensively capable, and you you know you can handle third and second, um, and you can just avoid strikeouts a lot. Like that's, you know, a lot of the times, a lot of the time that's not going to be somebody. But like that's what Kyle Seeger was for a lot of the way moving up, and then he just his contact kept working, right? You know. Yeah. So, you 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 at least have to. He's he's someone worth keeping an eye on there, and I, I think you you've 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 done a lot of work sort of pointing out the um, the things worth note, noting and not just necessarily dismissing in Honeyman um, that that I I wasn't necessarily sold on him, but he, he's someone I think you've you've convinced me on a bit. One of the downfalls
1: um, of having a system that's a little more stacked now is there are just less resources to go around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's the same amount of resources, but there are more guys taking in front of you taking them yeah. up. So yeah. I think like in a previous year, Bobby Honeyman would have been brought to high performance camp. He would have had, mm. and he's not super active on social media. So I don't know, maybe he was there for a while. I didn't ever get wind of that or see him, but um, you know, he's not exactly being gifted a lot by the organization in the way that they're maybe helping other prospects who they see higher ceilings for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that he took this off season and went and built himself up a little more and didn't just go to the golf course because he's a very, very good golfer. <laughs> hopefully he didn't... Hopefully he spent more time on the baseball field than the Lynx in the off season. We see some big stuff
0: from him. Um, I do want to sort of... Opposite end of the spectrum, then, because as you said, Honeyman, senior sign infielder in that same draft, you know, I, the kind of guy who you sign someone like Honeyman to save money for, Damon Cassetta Stubbs, yes. uh, 11th round pick, just outside of sort of where you can really extend the bonuses. But I, I think they went into the six figures a bit uh on Cassetta Stubbs to sort of convince him to sign out of high school. Um, the, you know, it really is actually kind of the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of someone they, the organization put a lot of work into and a lot of focus on moving him all over the place, even, <laughs> uh, you know, because he was, at least to to hear them tell it, he was sort of performing enough that they figured, okay, we'll, we'll put you up at a higher level. We'll see how you perform. Um do you think, looking at this group, looking at this sort of the the folks we've talked about here, um, do you think Damon cassetta Stubbs is the likeliest future like Mariners starting pitcher on this list, um, mm-hmm. or is there someone else in this group or or in our in our sort of lengthy just missed group like you mentioned Tim Elliott? uh is there someone else who you you would say you know they're not necessarily they haven't done enough now necessarily for us to know but you 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 can see the trajectory even clearer for them
1: uh i think the Cassetto Stubbs is i'm really high on him and got mm-hmm. even more enamored as i was writing up his blurb honestly like mm-hmm. just kind of taking stock of it the cool thing about blurbing is like We cover these guys every day, what they're doing with the midshipman's log. But the sum up really lets you look back at their season as a whole. And, I mean, Cassetta Stubbs struggled for sure. He struggled at Mm -hmm. West Virginia. He had good outings. He had poor outings. Same thing at Everett. He had some really good outings. He had some poor outings. Uh, He had times where his command would kind of desert him. Um, But there is so much kind of raw stuff there to work with. And he is an incredibly mature pitcher. Like he's just very composed on the mound, even when things were falling apart on him, you could not see it. This is a local kid. Yes, Vancouver, Vancouver, Washington, Mm -hmm. Kings Highway, Kingsway, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Christian School, something like that. Um, So I, I think that. It all depends on how well you can learn, right? And I think I'll have a much better idea of what cassetta Stubs will be after this year, after we see some of—there are some very specific adjustments I'm going to be looking for. Um, The slider remaining tight and not getting kind of lazy and loopy, which it can do sometimes, especially when he's battling. Um, I'm going to look for him to be throwing that consistently. I'm gonna look for the fastball to continue to. It's a good fastball. Like it can get up in the zone for swinging strikes. Um, I would love to see a little more velocity on it. He's such mm-hmm. a big kid, and mm-hmm. he's still in the like, the low 90s because he's high school. But mm-hmm. you know, just a couple extra ticks of velocity would be so big for him. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, and, and then curious. he's got a changeup, but Sorry. that's obviously a big work in progress. Mm-hmm. So those are three very specific things: more velocity on the fastball more consistent with the slider, and then just for the changeup to look like it has some potential.
0: Do you think that it is a organizational sort of philosophy or, or, or tenet? Has has there been anything you've heard or, or that you've seen um, that the Mariners, you know, they obviously they talked a lot about controlling the zone, and um, they they've really emphasized sort of, getting ahead in counts getting you know controlling um the the sort of break points uh, in counts um and and attacking and and owning the zone um is is it something that you have seen that the mariners maybe are emphasizing guys taking a, a sort of a tick off to to really refine the command consistently i know like that was something a little bit for for justice sheffield to to a degree of like you know trying to have him rein it in just a right. touch um but that that was going to help him be in the zone consistently um you know the there i've seen somewhat consistently guys come to the mariners organization and not necessarily have their velocity decline but have their velocity oh yeah you know, you know, on average, uh, tick Diff. down, but, but but have it seemingly be told, conveyed as, like, an, a point of emphasis, uh, you know, along with other things. Do you think that that is something with Cassetta Stubbs where, like, maybe he has more juice in there, but they're trying to have him work at, you know, 92 to 94? I, I feel like that's something with Logan Gilbert a bit at times, where it's like he works 92 to 95, but it never looks like he's trying to throw as hard as he can um i'm, I'm curious if that sort of uh, hypothesis tracks for you
1: yeah i think that's very much something that we've seen and it it's entirely possible that they've told him not to focus on his velocity because they believe that you have to have command first and you can always mm-hmm. add velocity but once you have velocity it's difficult to add command mm-hmm. we've heard that from speaking with brian mm um mm-hmm. That that is the organizational philosophy. And, you know, we see that running very counter to what other organizations are doing. The Dodgers, the Astros, they're very much like uh, throwers, not pitchers. You see that in Johan Ramirez, our Rule 5 Mm -hmm. pick that we got from Mm -hmm. the Astros, who throws so hard, but with so little control, so little idea of where it is going. Um, So I'll be interested in seeing what they do with him, if they back him off velocity-wise a little bit. Uh, Currently, I don't know that he would be one of my choices to remain on the roster and and stick in that bullpen. There are other guys I'd rather... Zach Groats. I'd rather see Zach Mm -hmm. Groats, honestly. Um, Obviously, Ramirez's upside is so much higher, but I do wonder how you unteach that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. unteach the throwing as hard as you can and worrying Mm -hmm. about where it goes later. So it's entirely possible that they're just suppressing uh dcs's velocity right now but i think i honestly i think it's more that he's a high schooler he's a developmental prospect like yeah he's I mean, he threw
0: a lot you know i don't i don't remember the last time we had like a 19 year old pitcher in the system yeah because sam carlson like, got hurt <laughs> 110 right well it's like an interesting 19 year old who also threw like 110 120 innings right like that not that that's bad. But no, but they the
1: really like... usually walk those guys along much more slowly. Yeah. Uh, you see, like, Holden Laws is not throwing a ton. Uh, what's his yeah. kid? Adam Matko Adam Matchko, oh, yeah. Um, all the high school kids. That, that It's really been a pattern with them. So mm-hmm. DCS is just so big. He's so durable. Like mm-hmm. He really doesn't need that <laughs> conditioning aspect that they put a lot of the guys through. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, an injury risk with his size and frame. So or at least
0: not, a, not any more so than...
1: Than, yeah, any average pitcher, I guess. But, I mean, you yeah. look at Holden Laws, he disappears when he turns sideways, so it's... <laughs> I mean, those are guys who really have... Uh, typical for an 18-year-old. Like, they have size and strength building to do, but you know, DCS mm-hmm. was just blessed kind of with this prototypical pitcher body. and
0: Plus, he's got the... I love I love that we've got two, like... Pretty notable pitching prospects that now that are like goggles, they, specs. They the goggle. Yeah, yeah, it's fabulous. DCS and uh, and Isaiah Campbell, uh, who who we I'm very excited actually to see like more of. Um, we he is higher on the list, folks. So we will. We'll yeah, we'll about cover it him. You know him. who
1: else just got rec specs? Uh, Jack yeah. Anderson, which I feel like oh. really <laughs>
0: right. Looks like the uh, like the underminer from uh, from The Incredibles, right? Like just popping yes, up with the, with the yes. goggles coming from the submarine angle. That's fantastic. Yeah.
1: No. I mean, I was like, wow. If you if you thought Jack Anderson was already as unique as he could be, <laughs> no, he's going to go ahead and add some rec specs to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about big picture bodies, I would also say that I have pretty high expectations for Jose Corniel. And again, like Cassetta Stubbs, the organization seems to be treating him as somebody who, I mean, Jer- his name came out of Jerry DePoto's mouth, at, uh, which in yes. is in itself, since Jerry DePoto kind of treats the the D S L as like a formless mass, uh, when he does name a prospect from there, it's kind of significant. So um, I think they really like his size, durability. He's a good, good, solid kid. Uh, I think he's got kind of a similar make up to Damon Cassetta stubs where like, he doesn't really get too ruffled on the mound. Um, and I think he'll be a fast mover.
0: I believe. And
1: he's huge.
0: Yeah. Cornel. So the Mariners had sort of an interesting shift. They, they changed, um, directors of their international, uh, scouting. Uh, so the, the scouting director who had been in charge of their international, uh, workings who was in charge of signing julio rodriguez and noelvi Marte, uh that was tom kissner if i'm not mistaken uh they are gone now um and they brought in uh a new new hire whose name i am blanking on um but the, uh, it's thon is isn't too. it
1: isn't it uh yes, frankie frankie thon. thon, frankie
0: thon jr yes thank you um, Frankie Thon Jr., who, you know, heart impossible essentially to know like what the what the specific difference is there. But the organization made a specific effort this year to sign a, sort of a widespread of six figure guys as opposed to in previous years where it was like, you know, two and a half million to Julio, 1.2 to Caracuto, and then like a couple other sort of six figure it, it was So it was an interesting sort of shift in philosophy and corneal was i think the second biggest signing bonus guy he had like six hundred and fifty thousand there um which is probably a big part of why like depoto actually was talking about <laughs> knows then. his name um it was like oh okay that's this person um, uh
1: the um the biggest signing bonus is also in this group in george felice
0: yes uh and and felice was a big part of it for us again going back to that you know, what are we able to actually see? What are we actually able to, you know, give legitimate insight on? You know, we're not, so we're not just talking out of, you know, talking out of our asses. Um, you know, we're not, we we can't put that much of a, you know, high ranking on someone we've never seen play and have never, you know, barely seen video of and only have other people's insight on. Um, so Felice is someone who I think could very easily shoot up this list. He's, uh, I think 900,000 was what he signed for. I thought it was um, 600. And um, and he's essentially a center fielder with, uh, a wide array of tools and has, has gotten sort of a lot of love. I think there was a Victor Robles comp, which is unbelievably kind, um, to anyone considering how much, of, uh, a, of, a, prospect you know victor robles turned into but um yeah he he's he's someone who i think he corneal um oh you're right it
1: was 900. so i mean that's ah, just shy of. i do my
0: research kate <laughs> on occasion uh, you know the, these are guys who you could very easily see sort of shoot up um as we get more eyes on them um and, and there's something notable is the mariners don't tend to have their players participate in as many of the like instructional leagues. Um, and, and so a lot of the time, scouts, once players sign at the Mariners, don't necessarily get as much of an opportunity to see them play. So they, they can be a bit of an unknown until DSL stuff starts going again.
1: I will point out that we did have an on-the-ground scouting report from one of our prospects and friend of the site, Jonathan Classe, who yes, I asked... Yes, that is true. I said, uh, "Who Who of the new signees has impressed you the most?" And he said, "Feliz has very quick hands, good athleticism, makes a lot of loud contact, and is an overall pretty good guy." So,
0: all right, I love it. That's true. we we have Great a little, safe. we have some, oh,
1: yeah. we have some eyes <laughs> eyes on the ground.
0: Hmm. Um, all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna move to uh, we're we're gonna save the the top thirty group. Uh, we're going to sort of break down into some, some chewier segments, uh, in, in our next episode, but I, I wanted to just wrap up on this group here, um, with, with just a couple questions, um, in this group, uh, or, or sort of extending beyond to our, our just missed group, who do you think has the best shot of being in the top 10, uh, next year. It it very I think it's entirely possible that none of these none of these guys are. Um but but if if you had to sort of pick someone who has the biggest variance, biggest biggest sort of potential that you could see them really spiking. Ooh. Um who 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 has that sort of possibility for you. Um ideally think... not because you know 20 people ahead of them get hurt right. terribly. <laughs> ideally in a positive way.
1: Uh I think um I'd go with Damon Cassetta Stubbs, maybe, Mm -hmm. if he has, like, a really baller year. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people like to dream on upside, so I wouldn't be surprised to see, like, Cornel, Feliz, Cardozo Mm -hmm. get up there, maybe Mm -hmm. at, like, 9 or 10, you know, even just outside of it, but... Uh, there are going to be a lot of graduations too. Maybe not people getting hurt, but there will be room that's opened up in that top. True. Although there will be the new draft tent.
0: class with with you know. To there
1: will be the new that. draft class, and when one of those is coming in at number six, it's yeah. That's uh, hopefully yeah. That I didn't even think about that. Yes, we should have some mm. really good picks to talk about um, mm. this time next year. But yeah, I think I, I want to go with one of the high upside pitchers: Corniel, David, Cassetta stops. Mm-hmm. What about I, you?
0: That um, I, I think you're probably you're probably right. So I, I initially had had this as like a two sides of the coin question. Um, best shot of being in the top 10 and best shot of being an impact big leaguer. But I do think that that is a slightly different question. Bec- and, and, and I would have slightly different answers. Uh, I think you're right about Cassetta Stubbs because of the size, because of the upside. That that sort of carries with it that you know if you do see his velocity improve and the results accordingly, like, hey, suddenly you've got someone who is is you know if Sam Carlson hadn't been hurt, kind of situation, which you know that's that's I think uh, you know what Caseta Stubbs has in him. Uh, if, If we're talking who who I like best to be an impact big leaguer, I will say. I really am a big fan of uh, Brian Perez, um, who is a, is a left-handed pitcher. Um, he spent uh, sort of a mixture of last season between uh, the Arizona League and uh, up in Everett, uh, and just had a really solid performance in both places. Um, I, I think he's a fascinating guy because he really is uh, sort of evocative of what the Mariner's sort of whole style of development is in terms of you have, you get the zone down, you get the control of the yeah. zone down, you get the uh, sort of command features, and then we build the velocity. like And it doesn't matter
1: if you're undersized. He's what, like 5'11", 6' mm-hmm. maybe? Yeah,
0: he is, I believe he's listed... Uh, as six foot, and that's probably generous because ah uh, yeah, yeah, um, you know, and he, he's a, he's a slender lefty, <laughs> but has re, you know has just been really good at commanding the zone, without giving away free pitches. Um, he he sort of dilates his curveball in a way that that gives him sort of two two looks with it, um, and he has a knack for getting ground balls that really, really can, you know, help him make it all the way up to the bigs. Like I think he's a fascinating guy. He's added a ton of velocity since he's joined the organization already. Um and yeah, I, I think he's got a little bit of funk in his motion. I, I would be curious to see because I think if he gets the chance to continue starting, you know, when you're a six foot at best uh, lefty you're going to be pushed to the bullpen pretty uh you know pretty often but in an organization that said yes we want marco gonzalez like yes we want justice sheffield um i think it's very possible that he gets more more leeway to improve uh, and to sort of have like that lj newsom kind of trajectory uh and i i hope he does because i i think he could he could actually really stick
1: pet prospect of yours has been for a long time uh which is a fun uh, that's a fun thing i would say if i had to pick anyone out of this group who i feel most certain about if i had to bet money on who from this group would make the bigs i would bet it on murphy or care
0: Mm -hmm. i think that's i think that's fair yeah um I just I saw that Murphy got reassigned
1: to minor league camp, so maybe the Mariners do not <laughs> <laughs> agree with my assessment <laughs> as much as. Uh, but I, I mean, I think you know. I saw Murphy pitch on Team USA against some of the best hitters mm-hmm. in the world when he mm-hmm. was um, made a start for Team USA against Japan. Uh, I saw him struggle at times, but you know he's got he's got he's a credible. MLB pitcher, I think, which is amazing because you would not have said that after he saw his first. He wouldn't have said that after mm-hmm. he saw his mm-hmm. first year in the system. So,
0: yeah. Um, well, let's let's wrap up here. I, I just have a quick question for you because we are, you know, we obviously live in different parts of the country. I guess not obviously if you if you don't know us. We we now live in different sort of corners of the country. Um, You obviously have access to Tacoma. You have access to Everett, um, you know, and a lot of sort of college games and high school games. uh, And Arizona. I get down to Arizona a fair amount. And Arizona. That's true. That's true. Um, Is there somewhere on your list that you want to go watch and scout baseball this year that you are, that that is like, I'm going to go to a new place uh, this year and, and see some baseball? Oh man, if I
1: could just pick anything and go anywhere
0: well, I would say give me give me your like top choice and then give me like a spot that you maybe you know uh, you know your give me your stretch goal and then give me your maybe your like i'm I'm actually going to make a concerted effort to get down you know get down there and and see a game uh, sort of goal. Oh wow. well, okay,
1: stretch goal I would love to at some point and I mean I'm not even thinking for this year. But just mm-hmm. kind of in general, I would like to see a game in the Texas League, um, mm-hmm. at Dr Pepper Ballpark with the Lazy River. I see tons mm-hmm. of pictures of it. Uh, Lakewood <laughs> looks fun over in the Sally League.
0: Lakewood is fun. You if you come, the the, the power very upsettingly don't play at Lakewood this year. Yeah. But uh, you should you should come through anyway, and we can we can watch some Phillies prospects.
1: Yeah, that's that seems like fun. Um, realistically. Friend of the site, Jen MacRamos, has said for years, when are you going to get to the California League? And, um, you know, I didn't go in 2017. I really thought about Mm -hmm. it when Modesto was going for the championship. And Mm -hmm. um, I really, really would like to make an effort to do that and just kind of scout California in general.
0: This seems like the right time to do it, right? Like, Julio Rodriguez probably starting in in the California League this year, like they should have a very interesting pitching staff with with a lot of the college draftees from 2019 uh there i i think that's i think that's a worthy goal i think if you can make that happen yeah. that would be
1: and uh keaton globally the announcer for the minnesota nuts is just mm. uh he is a, a major league talent stuck in a minor league system mm. um and might not be there for too much longer. So mm-hmm. I'd like to get down and kind of see him in action as well. And if any of you are going through the Cal, going through California, uh, I highly recommend going to a Cal game and then report back to us, please. All right, John, how about you?
0: Um, let's see my, I think my main goal, uh, <laughs> that was un- unintentional, uh, unintentional little, uh, sort of joke there but uh my my goal is to get over to uh to a portland sea dogs uh game over in maine oh. uh, so, I've been, so i've i've never been through most of new england uh there's all sorts of minor league teams out here i've been to binghamton the, there's and to one,
1: one in new hampshire right uh, who's the one in new hampshire th- the bernie was all trying to save
0: oh uh the hillcats I think they have the Fisher Cats. If I'm not Fisher mistaken, Fisher Cats. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's the Vermont Lake Monsters. There's there's a lot of good stuff. Uh, the whole New York Penn League is 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 actually kind of a hoot. Um, and uh, one and of
1: the league that is up for uh, elimination under Manfred's plan. So
0: yeah, definitely get out would, there and
1: see them while you still can. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to trying to do that. So so yeah, I am. I think it would be very cool to see uh, a game at charlotte um someday which supposedly is like the major league baseball experience of minor league baseball um but i yeah i, I think sort of just trekking through the the northeast and, and hopping through some of those smaller parks would be great it's a bummer because there's not really much mariners prospect wise out there but there, there's all sorts of good good minor league games and yeah ha. It's just so fun. I'm really looking forward to minor league ball coming back um, and I'm looking forward to talking with you uh, more about it all season. We're gonna we're gonna have uh, sort of discussions about the prospects in the Mariners org. We're gonna talk a little bit of draft uh, draft preview stuff which we've been doing plenty of on the site. you've been taking the lead on that Kate you've been you've been working working the midnight oil as it were um, covering a lot of great sort of potential players. Um, and, and and you, you've mentioned in the past that it, it also makes it fun for following other teams, uh, in a way when, especially when the Mariners aren't that great, when you have guys that you get attached to, uh, who you follow up through their draft day and beyond, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's fun to, um, Resigning myself to the fact that the Mariners will not pick any of my, uh, favorite prep prospects, but definitely guys I'll be following for years to come. And, um, it's also good, just kind of a general familiarity with top 100 and with other systems in baseball, because as the Mariners are going to be maybe less interesting this year, I'm definitely very invested in the Chicago White Sox. I mm-hmm. really, really like their collection of talent. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I have so it 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 helps it really helps to kind of broaden your appreciation beyond just the one team, although obviously we will always be true to the blue. Um, but you know be, be true to the brown once in a while is is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Pop down there and see what's happening in San Diego.
0: Yeah, I think that's a I think it's a worthy worthy goal.
1: It is and then you can get excited about things in spring training like um <laughs> when you're when you're oh Geraldo Perdomo's coming to bat like
0: exactly yeah it's a whole when new yelled, language Cruz hit a home run yes oh. yeah.
1: i know that is right. that's your other big favorite right
0: oh yeah i mean he's a 67 shortstop how can you not love it oh he's oh. he's
1: wild what do they call him the tarantula Tarantula, uh, I think, is his nickname. Yes,
0: I believe so. Yeah.
1: So. No, it's just, and if Sus... I don't know what's going to happen with Suspidus, our pals at the BBQ, with their move away from MLB, hopefully they will continue to produce delightful minor league silliness, but mm-hmm. I'm more than willing to help take up that mantle if if there's any decrease in their just exaggerated delight in the, the foibles of the minor leagues.
0: hmm well, we will be bringing you those foibles and hopefully a few feats uh, <laughs> all all season long. So, uh, please do uh, subscribe to the Main Lookout Landing channel uh, and give us give us a positive rating, like every other podcast in your in your life asks you to do. But uh, it does really make a difference, and um, you know we we love doing this, but we also do, of course, spend a lot of time. And money, uh, putting these together and money yeah. yeah you know traveling around getting uh mics getting good video um so you know any any sort of support you guys yeah throw people are, way,
1: often it... ask how they can support the site and obviously um reading it is huge but mm. um with this very specifically downloading the podcasts um mm. does kind of help Sharing put some and subscribing yes yeah. all of that kind of helps put Helps us cover some of our operating costs, and uh, yeah. so we really, really appreciate it if you would and, yeah. and tell your friends.
0: Yeah. Well, until next time. Uh-